Welcome into another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Our top NFL draft prospect series rolls on. This will be the fourth in the series. We're going to be chatting about offensive lineman Evan Neal out of Alabama. Alabama's got a list of players that are going to be top prospects in this year's draft. And I had a chance to catch up with Charlie Potter. He covers Alabama sports for Bama Online and 24-7 Sports. Evan Neal is very interesting because I'm curious to see the team that drafts him, where he ends up playing, because he has started at three different positions on the O-line. And to be a starter at Alabama as a freshman is is uh, not something that happens very often. And, and Evan, Evan Neal is definitely uh, an exception when it comes to that. Charlie Potter, in my interview, also talks about that as well, how rare it is to see a guy come in and just take over the starting spot and, and sort of what that was like for him, what that whole process was like for Evan Neal year after year having to change positions. We've seen a little bit of that here with the Houston Texans. So uh, Evan Neal, uh, an intriguing prospect in that sense because he can play multiple spots on the offensive line. And then, of course, what does he think about some of the other Alabama prospects? We're going to get into all of that on the Deep Slant podcast presented by Xfinity. But first, Texans fans, Xfinity delivers the fastest internet in Houston so you can do more of what you love. Stream the game on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi network and keep your home team happy with a reliable connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi. Can your internet do that? All right, let's get right into it. Let's talk Evan Neal. Let's talk some offensive linemen with Charlie Potter right here on the Deep Slant podcast presented by Xfinity. First of all, welcome and thank you so much for the time and joining us on this really important series as the Texans have the number three draft pick overall. Oh yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. It's always good to kind of reflect on these guys' career after they they come out of Tuscaloosa. Uh, you follow them from recruit to starter and now future pro. It's kind of nice to see that maturation and development. Yeah, we've got a lot of mock drafts that are already out and uh, the Texans, a lot of them have the Texans selecting Evan Neal. If he even is still on the board at number three overall, it seems like he could go even number one or number two. Uh, the Texans have had a lot of moving pieces on the O-line, and Neil has moved around, it seems like, quite a bit himself. He's made starts at left guard, left tackle, right tackle in his three seasons. Well, you've you've sort of watched him over these past three years. Where do you think his best fit will be with, as he enters the NFL? Yeah, I mean, you're right. He has, I think, 30 games of experience. He only missed one, and that was due to, I think, illness a couple of years ago. And so, you know, he's been a guy that's been a fixture on Alabama's offensive line, but it's been at different spots. He has double-digit starts at three different positions. He started his career at left guard, started 13 games there in 2019. Um, then he moved to right tackle in 2020, the, the year Alabama won the national championship and, and also won the Joe Moore Award as the nation's top offensive line. And last year, he kicked over to, to left tackle with Alex Leatherwood turning pro. And um, really, he, he seemed like that was the place that he liked the most. Of course, that's where he played a lot at IMG Academy before coming to Tuscaloosa. So I think that's probably where he wants to play. I think at this point, though, you know, anywhere uh, on, a, on an offensive line as a starter, it would be advantageous for him and something he would look forward to. But no, I think that flexibility certainly helps because uh, a team in need of any kind of offensive line help uh, can look for Evan Neal to, to plug a, a spot, not at center, obviously, but he can maybe start his career at guard. But I, I see him just with his frame being 6'7", Alabama listed him at 350, but I think he, he lost a little bit of weight. He can certainly play tackle at the next level, but I think that versatility is a strength of his and something that, you know, I think teams will, will covet because you only want to carry so many offensive linemen and, and the fact that he can play multiple roles and wear multiple hats, I think is something that will certainly help him at the next level. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's not that often that offensive linemen garner a lot of uh, honors. You mentioned some awards that he'd gotten, but Neil, it seems that he uh, received some offensive player of the week honors multiple times from the Alabama coaching staff. So entering the NFL, what do you think is his biggest asset? What does he bring as an offensive lineman? Yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, Alabama coaching staff didn't hand out a lot of player of the week awards to offensive linemen this year. You know, it was kind of a down year given that they won the Joe Moore award last year as a unit, but Evan Neal was that constant force up front for UA. And, um, you know, I think it was six or seven, maybe even eight times that he got that award from the the coaching staff. And, you know, I I think he's a well-rounded offensive lineman. I think Alabama, a lot of the times they didn't want to tip their hand and say, Hey, we're going to run it to the left every time, but it was a good bet that, you know, Brian Robinson and these running backs that Alabama had, were going to run off of Evan Neal's left or right hip. And, uh, you know, he's strong in that aspect, but he's also sound as a pass blocker. The offensive line as a whole didn't necessarily pass protect very well for Bryce Young, even though he won the highest trophy, he was running around a lot, but I think Evan Neal, you know, was just a consistent factor over there. So I think he's a, an all-around, you know, really strong offensive lineman, both from a physical and literal standpoint. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to kind of grade this past year just because the group as a whole kind of took a step back. But I don't think that's necessarily a knock on Evan because when you look at it, I mean, he the, the cream rises to the top, and he was the guy that stood out most uh, among that starting five. I, you know, I often like to ask different reporters about players and adversity and things that they've overcome, but it just seems like for Neil having to play three different spots in three different seasons is, you know, quite a challenge in itself. How did he manage that and and really thrive no matter where he was playing on the O-line? Yeah, it felt more like a promotion for him because he just kind of took advantage of the opportunity when it presented itself. You know, coming in as a true freshman, you know, guys don't really start uh, a lot as freshmen at Alabama. I mean, it's, it's notable when it happens. Guys like, you know, Andre Smith has done it. Um, you know, uh, Cam Robinson, who's with the Jaguars. Jonah Williams, who was left tackle for the, the Bengals and played for the Super Bowl this year. But the list isn't very long. And so for him to come in and, and nab a spot at left guard in, in 2019 on an offensive line with a lot of big names, you know, says a lot. And then the following year, you had Jedrick Wills moving on to the NFL. That uh, right tackle spot becomes available and he slides right in. It's kind of like, you know, you, as a beat reporter, you kind of do depth chart projections and things like that going into the spring and the, the summer preseason camp, all of that. It was very easy to pencil in Evan Neal at right tackle then. And the same goes for this past season when Alex Leatherwood moved on to the league. You had an opening at left tackle. You wanted to protect Bryce Young's blind spot going into his first year as a starter. And you move that big body of Evan Neal's over there. And he does a really good job in that regard. So um, it's difficult to make that transition um, for any player just moving from a different spot year to year, but I think it was more so, like I said, a promotion for him where he started where there was an opening and then each time there was an opening where he felt more comfortable, he was able to to step in and and really do a seamless job in that, uh, in that regard. All right. What about for you? You've covered him in his uh, three seasons there. What's been the most memorable matchup or game of his that you've covered? That's tough because, you know, Evan's a guy that whenever he plays, you just don't really hear his name a lot. And as an offensive lineman, you know, that's what you sure. what you want to, to happen. So I don't have one that just sticks out more so than than others. I do think, again, I, I feel like a broken record almost. But this year was was big for him because the offensive line 
was weakness is a, a weird word to use for a team like Alabama who played for a national championship, but on an offense that had a lot of explosive playmakers, they, they clearly had the, the Heisman trophy winner. The, the offensive line at times was a weak link, but that wasn't the case for, for Evan. It was more the guys around him. And those were guys that were stepping into new roles and, you know, maybe some unfamiliar spots. So I think for him to be a guy that, it was a consensus All-American, was recognized by you know, the coaches in the, in the conference, by you know, all the outlets that go into uh, making up the, the consensus All-America teams. And then to be recognized by his teammates as a team captain, one of four on Alabama's team, I think says a lot about him and the way that he was kind of able to anchor that line and not only lead them on the field, but lead them off of it when they had some, some new guys stepping into new roles and things like that. So I think for him to be kind of that steady force and kind of a stormy season this past year, that stands out more than anything for me, just because you know there weren't a lot of great games from an offensive line standpoint as a whole, but Evan, that's not really his fault. It wasn't things that he was doing. He was the the good and some of the bad uh, whenever you come to look at Alabama's offensive line this past fall. I know the past two seasons have been sort of different covering a team with COVID going on, especially across football, across all teams. But, you know, what is Evan Neal like off the field? Did you get a chance to know him? Like, what's he into? What's his personality like? I'm going to see him at the combine here coming up here very shortly. So I'm very curious what he's like off the field. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned with the, the pandemic, it's it's been tough just to kind of get that beat writer player relationship as you've had in past years, because, you know, Evan came in in 2019, he was a true freshman and then Alabama plays in the citrus bowl. So, you know, the locker room isn't as open. It is maybe for the college football playoff and things like that, the SEC championship game. And then you have two years of just really virtual press conferences, zoom meetings and and interviews and things like that. So we haven't gotten a chance to, to really, know Evan as well as some players in the past, just because again, they don't talk as freshmen. And then when he comes up as a starter, it's in front of a, a camera and we're not in the room, but everything I've gathered is he's just a, a guy that uh, players like to be around. Again, he stepped into a leadership role this year and he's, he's probably a little more quiet, but you know, he has a, a deep voice. And when he speaks, people listen. I think that's a reason why they voted him as a team captain this year. Um, and, you know, he's, he's never had been a guy where you have to, You'll cover things off the field, and that's kind of part of the job as a beat reporter when when things happen from a news standpoint. Evan's never been that kind of guy. So, um, yeah, he just seems like a, a player that you know, goes about his business, and, you know, he has, you know, good character and personality and things like that. Nothing just, you know, completely um, overwhelming or, you know, boisterous or anything like that. But he seems like a guy that would fit in well in a pro locker room. He's kind of, you know, ready for that. I think he's kind of been – a guy that's been all business since he came to Alabama. And that's a big part of coming from a place like IMG. So I think wherever he lands, he's going to be a guy that, that fits in well and is someone that, you know, doesn't take long to acclimate to the, the lifestyle of a pro athlete. All right. I know Alabama's always got a litany of players that are draft eligible and draft ready, get invited to the combine. So if it's not Evan Neal, what is another player that the Texans fans should be looking out for here in this draft process? 
Yeah, I mean, I will admittedly say that I don't know the the Texans draft board that well and what they, they need. They're they're open to any suggestions. <laughs> <Yeah>. I <figured> that <laughs> Let's was just put case. it that way. Yeah, I figured that was the case. But um, you know, next up for Alabama, just in terms of guys that will probably come off the board next, would be wide receiver Jamison Williams. And you know, I don't see him going in the the top five in the draft, uh, especially coming off of that ACL injury in the postseason. But Man, the impact he had in, in year one coming over from Ohio State was just huge. I mean, it was big for the offense. It was big for Bryce Young. Um, you know, Alabama needed speed at the wide receiver position, and they went out and, and got a guy that could definitely you know, take the top off of the defense. You know, he had, I think, the third most receiving yards in a single season in, in program history. And just looking at the past decade or so, the wide receivers that have come through Tuscaloosa, that says a lot. And, uh, yeah, I think he certainly improved his stock. I'll be interested to see what both he and John Mechie do, um, you know, in the draft, just because they're both coming off of those injuries. But they're guys that, you know, both topped a uh, thousand yards were and were a big reason for the success of the, the passing game. And then, you know, there's some some guys that are going to be, you know, day two, maybe early day three picks. A, a guy like linebacker Christian Harris is someone I'll be fascinated to see how he performs at the combine. He's a guy that you know, he, he played linebacker for the first time when he came to Tuscaloosa. He was a guy from Louisiana that played receiver, returned kicks, did some running back. Um, he was a defensive back in high school, but he transitioned to the linebacker and he's been a three-year starter for Alabama, a really explosive athlete, and I think can be um, you know, an even better pro just as he continues to get comfortable uh, at that position. And then you know, guys like Fidarian Mathis, Brian Robinson, a defensive lineman and running back, those are guys that were down in Mobile for the senior bowl. And I I think both really improved their stock by coming back for a fifth season and then it did some good things in front of those scouts down in Mobile. So I'm probably leaving somebody out. Alabama has a couple of corners in this draft and Jalen Armour Davis and Josh Job. Uh, it's going to be another draft where Alabama has several players taken. But really, when you look at it, um, Evan Neal's, in my mind, I think a lot of people agree, and you mentioned the the uh, mock drafts at the top of this, he's going to be a guy that's not going to last very long. And then, you know, beyond that, we'll see how many guys maybe sneak into the first round. All right. Looking forward to it. It's Charlie Potter covers Alabama for Bama Online and 24-7 Sports. Charlie, appreciate the insight. You can follow Charlie at Charlie underscore Potter on Twitter if you want to keep up with Alabama. And uh, I think you cover basketball too, right? You cover not just football. I do. Yeah. Basketball season full swing. It's been an up and down year for Nate Oates and company, but if any Texans fans are looking for their college football or basketball <laughs> fix, I'm your guy. <laughs> All right, Charlie, appreciate the time. Thanks so much. We look forward to seeing your work. All right. Thanks for having me. Great stuff from Charlie. And you can follow him if you do so choose to follow along with Alabama football or Alabama basketball. You know, he will be the guy for you to follow there. And we're going to keep our series rolling. Thanks so much for listening. That's going to do it for number four in the series. And I think after the combine, Maybe some of the questions will shift because depending on some of these top prospects, what they do or don't do in the combine will definitely be something that we'll be chatting about. So looking forward to that. And then, of course, pro days will be right around the corner. And then the draft, April 28th through April 30th. But first up, the NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis. It's back in person. It's back actually for the first time in two years. And so excited to, to get things moving when it comes to that. It is so hard to believe we were at the NFL combine in February of 2020. 
we were. Everything was normal. And then COVID hit right after that. So it seems like it was like five years ago. But nonetheless, very excited to be back and seeing some of these draft prospects, especially since the Texans currently have the number three spot overall. So a lot of players of interest to watch, and you can follow along on all of our coverage. Texans All Access will be broadcasting from the NFL Combine, 6 to 7 p.m. on Sports Radio 610. And, of course, you can check at HoustonTexans.com for the live feeds, for the pressers, for all the stories, and more Be sure to tune in for that. But now that's going to do it for our podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, go Texans.